The following program is sponsored by Channel Mom Media. The show made for moms and families. It's Channel Mom. My name is Jenny, and I'm a mom, but I once lived a more glamorous life as a TV reporter. I was on the nightly news interviewing pop stars and politicians. So when I left TV to become a full-time mother, I quickly found out what we moms are up against. Our world glorifies the rich and famous. For what? I say let's honor the moms who are raising this world's next generation. It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Hey, welcome to your show, Mom. Channel Mom really is here for moms like you, even when much of the rest of the media is not. However, we do have somebody here with us today who would argue that he is there for moms. You're going to want to stick around for today's show. The guest is famous. The topics are the most important topics I can think of. And the information and advice you're going to hear today could be life-changing for you and for your family. We've got Mr. Jim Daly on the show today. He, of course, is the CEO of Focus on the Family. He has an incredible family story himself. You will not believe the dysfunction, death, and destruction, and I'm not exaggerating, that Jim Daly has been through. More than that, though, he has lived to tell about it, and he's lived to learn about how to do family better. He has so much incredible information and advice to share with you, and he's going to share it with you today and next week. We're going to have him on for two weeks, so stick around for some life-changing Family fixing takeaway tips. I really want these shows to be for you. We're gonna we're gonna expose the crisis of family in America. I don't think people understand how it's where it's gone to. And, but 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 there's hope. We're not just gonna complain for two for two day for two weekends. We're gonna show you some things, some takeaway tips, some things that work. How to make family better. How to how to fix your marriages. All of it. He's, he <laughs> he doesn't know it, but he's here to solve a lot for you today. Uh, let me just tell you a little bit about him. Jim Daly, of course, the president and CEO of Focus on the Family. His books include When Parenting Isn't Perfect, Marriage Done Right, One Man, One Woman, and a memoir that I've read and just truly enjoyed finding home also he has co-authored and, and we're going to get into this as well loving my lgbt neighbor uh being friends in grace and truth he he has a whole lot to say about just about everything that touches on family and marriage of course focus on the family he has his own radio show has an audience of 230 million people in 149 countries uh channel mom's not quite there yet welcome to channel mom jim Jenny, it's great to be with you. Man, that's a setup, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot on your shoulders now. <laughs> All I right. feel like more right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. We really are. I do want to cover a lot. I have been literally almost dying to talk to you for the last couple of years because I listen to your show. I, I've been doing Channel Mom for years now and have, I mean, you heard my story when you heard the intro of the show. I, I, I come out of this world of, it's almost kind of a fake world of popular culture, of screens and tabloids and uh, video and all the stuff that we look to in our society and all the things we hold up on our screens that, that does very little to further the family. If anything, it drags it down because we honor all the things in the spotlight that really do not help family. And as a result, we have this whole ideal now that we set up in this country that, that is the ruination of families. And, and so I think, oh my gosh, I want to get him on because I know he's passionate about what's happened to families in America and how to fix it. And I know moms want help from people like you. So, so I'm glad to have you here. It is great to be with you. And I, I have 
applaud you for it. I love uh, Channel Mom and the theme of it and what you stand for. My hero was my mom, so I am in the mom's corner because I think moms generally get it. They understand what's important. I had uh, some research, I can't share, but it was a major Fortune 500 company that deals with baby food. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> to give you an insight. But they identified that a mom moves 25% in a more, and I don't mean politically conservative, but in a more conservative direction when she gets pregnant. Yep. And I, I think that's the nature of mom. I mean, mom, all of a sudden, whatever's been happening in her life, believer, non-believer, it doesn't matter, but all of a sudden, now it's nurture time. Now it's responsibility time. And it's innate for a mom to kind of, uh, you know, move in a direction to want to protect and want to give the best environment for a child. I think dads are more of a wild card. It's not always as plain for a father to see his role, unfortunately, today. But moms got it, and they get it, and that's why I love uh, 70% of the focus audience are moms and I am grateful to each one of them. Yeah, yeah. They, we are raising the next generation and yet get so few accolades for that. And so many other things are honored, you know, big houses and big cars and celebrity and fame and, and size two dresses and all that. And, and, and moms get lost in the mix thinking, oh my gosh, nobody thinks what I'm doing is important. And, and that's tough stuff. But I want to move to dads for a second because okay. I want you to tell your story. I have a feeling that a lot of people think you sit at the head of focus on the family and you're Mr. Goody two shoes <laughs> and everything's perfect in your life. And you judge every one for having bad families and and it's nothing like that people you say you've come from the twilight zone of families i mean you've <laughs> experienced like every dysfunction there is to experience and so in the next couple minutes in this first half of this show we're going to look at your family and, and probably on into the, the rest of the show because i want people to understand where you come from and the pain you've been through so that you can understand just about everybody out there and anything that they've gone through i'm going to set you up with a soundbite from irreplaceable Focus on the Family did this incredible documentary project a couple of years ago, and I was just so moved. I cried multiple times during the movie because it laid it out, what's happened to family in America and in Western culture uh, and, and what we need to do about it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set you up with about your own life by playing a little soundbite from that movie um, from, is it Carrie Casey? Is that his name? Carrie Casey? Yeah, Carrie Casey. Carrie Casey about fathers in America and what's happened. Go ahead, Don. When you look at 65 million fathers are in America, and tonight, 25 million children will go to bed without their biological father there. Now, when the dad is not there, the child is more likely to be poor, more likely to drop out of school, more likely to be involved in crime. Girls, as a teenager, more likely to be pregnant, if you will. But by a dad just being there. Every child, by the way, needs a father, grandfather, or father figure. Our research shows that. They perform better when they have a father, grandfather, father figure. But you just have a dad there. No perfect dads, I'm not perfect, I love that. When a dad is there, those statistics flip-flop. Girls, by just having their dad in the home, they're more confident, they're more secure. They do better in math. So, I mean, it's a crisis, so what's, what's happening in America. And you have been through that crisis yourself. So, so Jim, we only have about five minutes in this segment, but we're going to carry it on to the next. Why don't you, you start telling people a little bit about your family life, which was in many ways tragic. 
Well, yeah, and I, you know, when Dr. Dobson came to me and said, we really think you're the one that uh, we want to take focus into the future, I started laughing because I was going, no, no, no. And Dr. Dobson, understandably, talked about a, not a perfect family that he came from, but, but a good family. You know, he hunted with his dad, and he's an only child, but he, his mom, he said, USC didn't teach him as much as his mom did about how to parent, and Dare to Discipline came more from her than it did from USC School of Medicine. Yeah. So, you know, that was kind of the aura of Dr. Dobson within the halls here at Focus, and I was privileged to work with him for 16 years before that fateful day when he said, we want you to do this, and I, I did. I started laughing because I came from the other end of that continuum, a dysfunctional home. My dad was an alcoholic. Uh, he divorced my mom, when, and my mom divorced him, really, when I was five. She remarried when I was eight. And, well, and Jim, uh, in the middle of that, didn't wasn't there a day when your dad was so drunk, he, there was a moment in the living room when he said he was going to kill your mom? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not even, that's the, the hard stuff. He was drunk and had a hammer in his hand, and he was bashing the walls and saying that he was going to kill my mother when she got home, and one of my brothers, older brothers, slipped out a window and called the neighbor, and the neighbor called the police, and they arrested my dad. And that was the end of our family. That was the last night of our family. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so then my mom remarried when I was eight to a ex-military drill sergeant, Hank. I nicknamed him Hank the Tank. <laughs> this yeah. guy was so tough. But uh, a year, year and a half later, my mom had colon cancer. She died. Uh, Hank, after the funeral, the very day of the funeral, Hank had his bags packed. He said he couldn't take the pressure and left. I went into foster care. But hold on. Like he didn't just leave. He did more than leave. Didn't he, didn't he clear you out or, or take everything? Well, yeah, he sold all the furniture in the house. And uh, we got, it was our furniture. You know? Yeah. It wasn't his. But, uh, yeah, in Long Beach, California, we got home from the funeral, and all, everything was gone except a couple of boxes of, of my clothes and each of our, my siblings. And everything else was gone in the house. And five, ten minutes later, he walked out the master bedroom, came out with two suitcases and said, I'm leaving for San Francisco. And he left. And my brother, who was in the Navy, he was 19, I was nine. Uh, he hugged me and said, Jimmy, I got to get back to my ship. And he walked out about an hour after Hank walked out. And then I was in foster care the next day. <sighs> and uh, I lived there for a year and it was a very dysfunctional situation. And, and you know, I need, don't need to go into all that, but it was not healthy. And uh, at the end of that year, my dad, my biological father, reappeared. But if, if you're from a, uh, you know, an alcoholic parent home, it was like, Dad, oh, but Dad, which dad will I get? Yeah. But I did move in with him for a year, and then he passed away, and I ended up moving in with my brother uh, for junior high and high school. So it, the point of all that, I do smile about it. it. It was rough. I cried myself to sleep many, many nights especially with my mom because she was the center of my universe at the time. Yeah. And, uh, and I just cried. And yet at the same time, uh, the Lord used all of that imperfection, that destruction to begin to, to make me more resolute about what would happen when I got married, when I had a family, what I would fight for as an adult, and uh, the irony of irony that I ended up uh, leading focus on the family. So it is, it's God's sense of humor, but it's his beauty. We don't control our testimonies. He simply asks us to walk them out in faithfulness to him. He owns them. We don't. He bought them with the price of his blood. And what we as Christians need to do is faithfully walk through that valley yeah. so that he can take us to the mountaintop. Uh, yeah, sure, 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 sure. And you've been through a heck of a valley. I picked this song on this 
this popular song on purpose because it's called Mother and Father, and I found it a little bit interesting and ironic. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna head out with that. But but when we come back, I'm gonna talk to Jim about exactly what he felt uh, on that day he lost his mom and what it felt like to have a dad who wasn't really there and and um, alcoholism in their life and, and the separation he felt and and how much we all need fathers it's big stuff uh, and so much that I hope that we can share with you that it's going to help you in your own family when we return with Channel Mom. Jenny from Channel Mom. And if you're a mom, I know that you give your all for your kids. But sometimes it feels like no one even notices what you do. That's why we aim to give back to moms like you through Channel Mom outreach, coffees, and awards. First, our outreach helps moms with marital struggles, parenting issues, depression, and more with help from our amazing partners like Mops and Love and Respect. We also love to reward moms with our One Amazing Mom Award and a grant for single homeless moms. So go to ChannelMom.com to connect with our outreach or simply attend one of our channel mom coffees for inspiration and encouragement finally i'd like to hear from all the moms out there i'd love to hear your mom's story what you need in your life your advice or what you'd like to hear on channel mom radio reach out to us at channel mom one word on facebook twitter or instagram and please come support us in our mission to love coach and encourage moms you can come to channelmom.com and push the donate button and help us to continue ministering to moms It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Hey, welcome back to Channel Mom. We're going to start the segment with something that we like to start every second segment with, every show we do. Moms deserve applause. Stand up and take a bow. Really, seriously, in your living room, stand up and take a bow. Moms, I, I just so badly want to get across to them a message that they matter, what the work they do matters. Our world depends on them to raise their babies well, to love them, to let them know they're loved, to teach them about the God of the universe. And, and that's why I applaud you. And I do it in every show because you deserve it. God bless you for all you do as moms. Okay, we are back with Jim Daly, of course, the CEO and president of Focus on the Family. He has an incredible family history. Um, Jim, we're going to come back to, to, to your kind of dysfunction that you grew up in. And, and I want to let everybody know that next week, we're also going to talk about the crisis of family in America and what can be done in your own families and beyond, what you can do in this world, what, what you can do in your churches. I mean, there's just so much you can do. We're not going to depress you about it, but I want you to know how, how deep it is. So, so Jim had an incredible family history. Dad was an alcoholic, threatened to kill his mother. Uh, his, his dad left and, his, and there was a divorce and then his mom died of cancer. Uh, she was sick when he was seven and eight, I think. And then he died, she died and dad left and he was an orphan. I mean, just incredible, amazing stuff and lived with his brother for a while and then lived on his own when he was a senior in high school. Just tough, tough stuff. But, but Jim, I do want to say this before we, we get into how it felt in those various circumstances. I think it was the grand setup that God had you experience every dysfunction that you possibly could. So you cannot judge anybody. 
I mean, literally, you come to focus on the family. And, and I'm going to be honest. I hope this doesn't offend you. I have some very liberal friends and, and, and certainly friends who, who have no interest in Jesus or in God. And, and they think that, that people like focus on the family people and people like Channel Mom are judgy, legalistic, holier-than-thou folks who don't get their problems and who don't understand them and just judge them for whatever lifestyle they've chosen. Whereas, in fact, you had so much stuff you had to deal with, you say you just want to converse with people. You don't want to judge them. You don't want to, you don't want to be disciplinary or legalistic with them because you've been through so much. Is that not true? Oh, it's absolutely true, and I love that. And I think the Lord did prepare me through all those life circumstances to have empathy. And I love it because I think that's the heart of God for humanity. We're all broken. We're all sinners. And, uh, you know, some of us have embraced Christ. Others have not. And I think it's more a POW mission. You know, the enemy is a spiritual enemy, not our fellow neighbor. And it's clear in Scripture. They may be acting on his behalf, meaning the enemy of our souls. But we've got to treat people with respect and dignity because every person is made in the image of God. And when you get that, um, and when you can have empathy, when you can sit across the table from somebody in the abortion industry or a gay activist, or, yes. you know, just someone who hates what Christians stand for, but just relate to them, smile at them, listen to them, it's an amazing thing. I think when the Lord said, love your neighbor, it is far bigger than just the words on a page. I think it's part of the DNA that he created in us spiritually, that when we actually love somebody with, with sincerity and gratitude and openness, it doesn't mean you have to, to jettison your principles. You can be firm in the center and soft on the edges. And I think when you do that, people, there's something that God uses in human interaction that when you show love to your neighbor, and the neighbor he's talking about is the Samaritan, not the neighbor that gives you the cup of sugar, the one that won't give you a cup of sugar. Right. That's who he's talking about. But when you can show that person love, it begins to crack the crusty heart. And they then are intrigued, and they want to talk with you. And why do you treat me so kindly when I treat you so badly? They don't get it because they're operating out of their flesh, out of their human nature, not out of the Spirit of God. And I'm telling you, I've had so many incredible conversations that I would not give one of them up to simply appear more righteous to the Pharisees and the Sadducees of the day. I would rather be a friend of sinners and talk to them about Christ than be in the synagogue uh, looking at each other and patting each other on the back. Well, that, my friend, means that you're following in the footsteps of Christ, because he most certainly would have rather hung out, out with sinners than, than being in the synagogues, and he, and he showed it in his life. And so I applaud you. I know you're not looking for applause, but I applaud you in that. I want to do something in the next six minutes before you have to <laughs> go very rapidly, uh, and we're going to let you go. But I want, look, Jim, I feel like we're in, in a place in America where the it's all good attitude has taken over. And that doesn't mean you need to back up and criticize those people who say it's all good. But really, there's so much that's not good. You know, the free sex and, and one night stands and uh. domestic partnerships and all the stuff that, that, that belittles the, 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 the beauty of the design of family um, and mommies and daddies and children and all of it. Um, I, it's this great crisis and, and sadness that I have. It's not to judge anybody who's chosen not to do it. But in the end, I think so many of them would admit they miss it. 
and they need it. And so I want you to talk about the, the ache and the pain and the anguish you had the day your precious mother died because she was kind of the life of the family. Your dad was an alcoholic. She kept things going, even in a destitute situation. You felt her love and her joy. And, and I want you to let a mom out there know how valuable she is by explaining how it felt to lose your mother at age nine. And then I want to briefly talk about your daddy too before we have to let you go. Yeah, I mean, my mom, that relationship there was so strong. I was an oops baby. I'm six years away from my closest sibling. They were all born one year apart. They're four, two older brothers, two older sisters. And then six years later, I was born. So I was almost like an only child. I didn't run with them. I was always too young. I was always trying to blackmail them into taking me somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I remember one time, I, my brother, I talked him into taking me on a date he had in high school, Judy McCracken. And I was in love with Judy McCracken, but I was only seven, and he was uh, 16. So, so I did everything I could to win Judy McCracken's heart away from my brother. <laughs> but that's, you know, just the, the birth order of, of the family. But for my, my mom was the center of the universe, and she taught me so many wonderful lessons that I, in nine years, she taught me so much stability about this world, about, and lessons that I didn't even realize. I remember before she died, she had me, go get her favorite flower seeds. I remember the day I walked into her room, her bedroom where she was, you know, literally bedridden. I didn't know why. Nobody talked to me about what was wrong with her. Uh, None of us kids really knew. And uh, she called for me. I went into the bedroom. She said, can you plant my favorite flowers outside my window? I said, sure. And she said, get a pen and paper. She said, they're chrysanthemums. And I'm like in fourth grade going, how do you spell that? Yeah, sure, sure, (laughs) sure. But I went and got the seeds. I planted them like any fourth grade boy would do. I watered him that one day. And then it was about six, six weeks later that she died. I think she knew exactly what she was doing. And I remember the chaos coming home from her funeral, Hank walking out the door, my siblings talking about what, what they're going to do, where I'm going to go, which ended up into foster care. And in that chaos, I remember walking to the flower box outside her bedroom window and seeing those flower shoots just coming up through the soil. And it's as if she said to me, you know, life's going to go on, uh, your flowers will bloom, and <sighs> even as a nine-year-old boy, I got it. I mean, it was like, wow, Mom, thank you for that lesson. Yeah. And I think she absolutely knew in her heart what she was doing that day, uh, to send me a, a little note like she would normally do to say, I love you. I know I'm not going to be with you anymore, but I care about you. Yeah. And that was just the person she was. She had a great sense of humor. Um, we lived in, you know, poor areas. We didn't have a lot of money. We didn't always have food to eat. And she would do everything she could do to lighten the load for us and stay tethered to us through that love that she had. And, uh, she was great at that. And I think that's what gave me the stability and the resiliency to get through everything. And obviously, uh, giving my life to Christ, but all that combination gave me, such great footing that uh, it prepared me for this role. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for making me cry. Um, I mean, that's incredibly t- moving that she thought yeah. beyond herself that she wanted her little boy to know that when those flowers came up, it was a sign that, that life goes on. And in fact, that she was re- experiencing rebirth. I mean, she was a believer, you know. Yeah. Um, right at the end, she accepted Christ right yeah. at the end of her life. So what, she, she was a, a passive believer, I would say. She didn't have a real strong commitment to God, but she taught us the golden rule and taught us to treat people the way we wanted to be treated. 
and then she really made that embrace just just a day before she died. Oh wow! Uh, friends of hers came to the side of her bed at the hospital and said, "You need to know Jesus." And she said, "I want to. What do I got to do?" I mean, just. But she was a great lady. She was a kind lady. I I even think uh, that drew the Lord to her in terms of this is a person that just respected and loved everybody around her. And I think the Lord honored that by saying, you are mine. And before you take your last breath, I'm bringing you into my kingdom. And he did it. Yeah. Amen. I hope every mom out there heard that story. Jim, we're going to let you go. You're going to be on next week's show. Uh, God bless you for telling your testimony. Next week, you're going to share about your father and the wound that it leaves for, for children when fathers are not there. Um, and, and also, we're going to talk about what's going on with family in America and how to help moms out there and dads out there to make it better and help others make it better. So, so thank you so much for being on Channel Mom and sharing your story with us today. I look forward to it. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. God bless. All right. There you have it. I do hope mothers and dads out there can understand through Jim's story, even if your children aren't telling you the huge significance you have in this world for raising even just one child, just one child. Uh, you know, I have my board operator over there, Don, and I know that his, his parents in some way had an impact on him. And if you're out there and your parents had a bad impact on you, it was an impact parents need to know their huge extreme uh, meaning and value in this world and and my prayer is that you do it well um because it, it it impacts a lot of lives and and i thank you for all that you do as parents uh we're gonna go finish up the show here and uh, i want to thank you for tuning in today and you know we are trying to help moms on the ground and and moms in the airwaves and 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 change the conversation to say mothers and families are important this is our message and we come alongside you to advise you and help you we help homeless moms and moms in churches and and moms going through addiction and divorce and uh, moms in prisons all kinds of ways we help moms we'd love to have you partner with us come alongside of us please pray about it and go to channelmom.com and push the donate button if you feel so led we'd be so honored to have you on board God bless you. Have a beautiful weekend. If you enjoy what you hear on Channel Mom Radio, and if you believe the media should be doing more to support moms and encourage families, then why don't you come alongside the efforts of Channel Mom? We'd like to offer you our partner package today. We'll send you a Channel Mom's Best Tips for Moms, as well as a beautiful bling t-shirt when you sign up to be a partnering monthly donor at ChannelMom.com. We live in a world that demeans the importance of moms and belittles the value of family. Research shows the family is breaking down in America. But Channel Mom aims to stop the family breakdown, starting with the moms. We depend on our donors to help us, to put this show on the air, and to do outreach for mothers on the ground, supporting them in their parenting, marriages, addiction issues, and more. So become a Channel Mom partner today and be a part of the change you want to see for mothers and families. Just go to ChannelMom.com and click on Give to CM and you'll see our donate button there. From the moms at Channel Mom, thank you. And may God bless each mom and her family.